3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, this is Tori from Colorado, and I'm geeking out with John, a celebrity sighting here at Disney Springs, getting ready for the Dopey Challenge. Happy running, everyone. Tori from Colorado, geeking out after meeting that celebrity, John. Very nice. Tori, thanks. That was a good one. I, I enjoyed that. How'd you feel about it, John? It was, it was fun. It Interesting. Was <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was. Thanks for doing those, guys. Uh, we still have a handful left. I, I don't know if we have enough left to get us to Princess or not. I'll have to look. But a Princess Weekend, we're going to have to do that again because it was so much fun. And hello, everybody. Glad you're with us. Welcome to Episode 70 of the Rise and Run Podcast. Happy to have you along on the journey. I'm Bob. I'm here with Jack. Hi. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With John. Hey, how you doing? With Allie. Hi, friends. With Alicia. Hello. And with Lexi. Hello. A full house this evening. Nice to see everyone. We don't often have a full house anymore. You, that's because the rest of you folks have lives. I'm envious. I'm always here. I, what, what have I got to do, you know? But you guys... You have lives. It's nice to have everybody here. Hey, uh, we've talked at length about Dopey, but I think I personally have finally made the transition, and I'm getting pretty excited about Princess Weekend. Princess Weekend now is a mere three weeks away, so I'm excited about getting back down to Disney and seeing everybody. Um, my training is a mess. Hope yours is better. Allie, how's your training going for Princess? It's fantastic. I haven't ran once since Stopey, so it's going really good. So it's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to Jack later and ask her, how's her how hers is going. But I know, I know that Jack did three consecutive days of 20 miles because she's getting ready for a 100K run. So good for her. But looking at the schedule... For princesses this week, you've got four miles, including a magic mile. We did, an, and I've said this before, we did a pretty lengthy explanation of the magic mile real early in the history of the podcast. It's probably time to talk about that again, but not tonight. Not tonight. We'll, put, we'll save it for another week. Uh, springtime surprise is now 10 weeks away. If you're running the springtime surprise, your long run this weekend is five miles. And gang, I got to tell you, I've got distances down for the challenge, and I have no idea where I came up with them. I've got, if you're doing the challenge, you've got one mile followed by five miles, and I don't know where that came from. I have looked and looked. It's not on the Run Disney site. I didn't make it up, yet somehow I've got them, and... uh Heck, let's let's go with it. Someone did point out to me that there is a challenge schedule on the Jeff Galloway app, which I wouldn't know about because I don't have an 
Apple phone, an iPhone. And we know that the Galloway app's not available for Android yet, although it's coming. I've been assured as recently as last week that it's coming soon. You're looking at a long run of five miles for springtime surprise, which, as I said, I believe is 10 weeks away. I mentioned the Dopey Downers. I want to talk just for a second about last week's episode. It's no secret that we record different segments at different times. And we had recorded Katie and I listened to it. Yeah, I was here when she did the recording, but I listened to it last week during the episode. If you still have the Dopey Downers, go back and replay Katie's interview. I think she's the cure for the Dopey Downers. I was so psyched listening to her talking about one, the rundown Main Street and two, the finish. And I thought, you could hear it in her voice. You could hear the excitement. And this is what we do it for. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, take your time and do that. I actually got a text from my wife the other day as she was driving into work. And she's like, gee, thanks for making me cry this morning. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then she got to the part of the episode where, you know, Katie's talking about uh, the bike pacer leaving her. And he was like, you know, go get your first or whatever. And, and that made her super emotional. So, yeah, th- that, I think that definitely is a cure for the Dopey Downers. She was such a lovely guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're you know, we're so lucky. We get so many great guests. But Katie certainly was one of them. Uh, tonight's guest I think you're going to enjoy also. We'll introduce her in a little while. I think you're going to enjoy listening to Taryn this evening. Another fun guest to have along. Let's uh, see. So if you're doing Princess... You got a reminder email this week about your digital waiver and expo pass. I think now I have to always remember that we've got some first time runners out there. So if you're not sure, go into your run Disney account and it will tell you if you have actions required. If you do check them out, sign your digital digital waiver. It's a virtual signature, of course. And the expo pass is emailed to you, and it's emailed pretty darn close to the start of the event. It wouldn't surprise me if the expo pass isn't emailed to you until Monday of race week. I think that's about when it came out for Marathon Weekend, either the Monday before or the Friday before. But it was pretty pretty close to race weekend. And I would also tell you that if all else fails and you don't get either fixed, you can solve it at the expo. It's going to take you a little more time, but you can get it resolved. We're going to have a meetup for Princess. Now, we've been doing our meetups down by Dockside Margaritas near the Disney Marketplace and the big Disney store. We're going to check out a new area. We're going to go to the area behind the food trucks. It's kind of across from the Splitsville bowling alley, kind of across from the M&M store. And as my buddy Jonathan from Israel pointed out, it's much closer to Everglades donuts. So (laughs) that's the meetup area. I, I think, I think that's going to work really well for us. I stole that idea from our will run for friends. No, I borrowed that idea. It's a good idea. Uh, cause it really is a nice open area. And if you can't find it, you can just go up in the balloon and then look down because it's right next to the balloon. Would be, it would be. Uh, that would be cool. Go up in a balloon. We'll all wave at you. I promise. And I'll say the one who is probably the most relieved is Alicia because now there's no more margaritas in the area for her, her to pay for. Yeah, but if you priced out those donuts, 
they're about five bucks a piece. But she didn't promise it's to buy any donuts. cheaper than a $17 margarita box. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. And Alicia didn't promise to buy any donuts, so we're okay. We're good to go. Saturday, 3 p.m. in the food truck area for the meetup. Uh, hope to see as many of you there as possible. I, I recognize that a lot of folks can't make it. I recognize that folks could be in the parks, have other obligations. Uh, it's just the best time and place we could come up with. If anybody else has a good idea, let me know. We're always willing to try something out or at least to look into something. Gang, we had a question emailed to us, which reminds me just in general, if you go to the website, riseandrunpodcast.com, there is an area, there's a form in there where you can send us questions that will eventually get to us and we'll take a look at them. But we had a question in there about corral placements and proofs of time. So I just want to discuss that a little bit. The bottom line I have to say about corral placements, we don't know. We don't know what magical formula Disney uses to decide what corral you're going to be in. Now, having said that, if you have a proof of time, first of all, there are no proofs of time for the 5K, no proofs of time for the 10K. Only on the half and the marathon would you submit a proof of time. Right now, that proof of time for the half and that's all we're talking about for the rest of the season, would be two hours and 15 minutes or better. And it goes back to, I believe, guys, January of 2019? Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, they go. Now that's not, that's longer than normal. Normally, they would go back two years, but with the pandemic, they gave us an extra year, which helps, which helps some of us out. I'm pointing at me. Help me out a lot. But, uh, so first of all, if you have that, yes, submit it. If you have a 215 or better, absolutely put it in there. And it will help you in your corral placement for the half marathon. Let's go back and talk about 5K, 10K for just a moment. What you do there is you submit your estimated finish time. And I think it's a drop down with ranges of time, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound right? Yes, it is. Correct. Yep. Yeah, usually it's like in two-minute increments or something. Yeah, it is, like six to eight minutes, eight to ten, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We know, and Run Disney knows, that people lie about those all the time. People will submit numbers that they can't possibly make in order to get a better corral placement. And honestly, gang, I don't know what the advantage is, particularly in the 5K maybe you stand around a little less before the race starts. That's about it because the 5k isn't timed. Uh, you don't get swept. So there's no proof of time there. You put in your best estimate, 10k, same way, put in your best estimate. I recommend you be honest. It will benefit you. If, if you put in a time that's too fast and you're with speedy runners, they're going to try to run you over. And it's just better for everybody. It's better for the race in general if you put in a, a proper time. So then we get to the half marathon. So how does Disney decide where to place you? And the question always comes up. All right, I don't have a 215, but I have a 220. Should I submit that or not? 
It's in my opinion, I would. What do y'all think? I would, I would put it in. I would. It's not going to hurt you to put in a time. It's it, they're not going to be like, oh, you put in a time and you're you're slower than the time we said. It's not going to hurt you, so you might as well put it in, and maybe they'll use it. Maybe they won't. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, Alicia. I, I I've done it. I've done it in the past. Uh, I don't know if it helps or hurts. What we really don't know is corral placement. And Disney keeps that really close hold. Here's what used to happen. You used to get a waiver that you needed to print out and sign and bring with you to the expo. When you did that, you got your bib number. And then you would be able to see what corral you were in. They used to be lettered, the corrals did. When I first, my first Disney run, the corrals were A through O. Uh, that's been gone for a long time. But uh, A through F, let's say. Well, I don't know firsthand, but I can surmise pretty well that what happened is in the week or two between the waivers coming out, and the race calling run Disney switchboards lit up with people going, you've got me in the wrong corral. You've got me in D and I really need to be in B. So coming back off the pandemic, you don't know your corral until you show up and pick up your bib. Now you might be able to guess, but that's, that's where you learn your corral is when you get to the uh, run Disney expo. And I don't see that changing. So when it comes to how does Disney do corral placements? Well, we know that uh, Club Run Disney gets a preferential corral, either the second or third corral, depending on the distance of the event. Assuming they don't qualify for a faster one using their proofs of time. Um, Aside from that, we're not sure. We don't know. Put in your best, most honest answer, and the bottom line is you're going to have fun. You're going to have a more enjoyable race if you're in the corral that you're supposed to be in as well. Some people think, well, if I can finagle it to get into a better corral, um, you know, I might have this advantage or that advantage. Um, And if you have a proof of time that does put you in, in a good corral and you do need that extra time, you know, maybe that's something that you, you do, but I find, um, when I have been, and the run Disney sometimes places you in corrals that are a little faster than you should be in. And I found that when I am in those corrals, um, I have a hard time doing my run walk ratios when it's the appropriate time. Like the, the, I get, it gets really congested out of the gate and I'm forced to run a little faster than I would want to. And I'm forced out of the gate faster than it's probably good for me to run at the beginning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it is even you know it's it it's they're usually pretty good about it but sometimes sometimes they have thrown me in corrals that are better than i should be in i feel like maybe i should have just dropped back so that i started a little slower being able to submit a proof of time might be a goal for somebody i I know it's going to be one of my long range goals probably over the course of the next two years i would love to say oh i'd love to do it for next race season but for me that would be shaving off close to like 17 minutes off of my half pr and i just know that 
to do that in one single solitary year is just it's not a feasible goal and I'm just trying to be smart and realistic about it. But that being said, if you're on the cusp of being able to do that, there are some tools out there that I think can help in your training. And the first is the McMillan calculator. Mm-hmm. It has been long rumored that that is what track shack and run Disney has used to figure out, you know, based on whatever race right. you're submitting for your proof of time, that's the calculator that they use. Go to this website and use it to your advantage. So essentially what you do is you can put in your goal pace for a race. And then essentially what it will do is it will spit out all the other times of other race distances that you would actually be that equivalent. So like, say for example, you want to run the marathon or goofy or dopey, the shortest distance that you can run the submitted proof of time is a 10 miler. Right. So to prove that you could run a marathon in under four hours and 30 minutes, it will tell you, but you need to run a 10 miler in this time. Use that chart to line up your paces, start training to those paces or working your way up to those paces. And then, you know, over the course of your training, hopefully that will be able to get you close enough so that you then can find the race, get that goal and then submit your proof of time. Is it right. different? It's not just that fraction of the marathon. Is it like you have to run the 10 miler a little faster because it's a shorter distance? Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, and I, I know, for example, the the marathon proof of time was four and a half. That's a 215 half marathon does not equate to a four and a half full marathon. Oh. So, so, so the, the POT there is a little bit different. Having said that, I put mine in and it worked. I put mine and I just, my numbers, because, because I could go back to 2019, my half number was 209. That doesn't equate to a 430 full either, but it's very close and it worked. So put it in, uh, as has been pointed out, there are no, all the proof of time cutoff t- dates for this run Disney season have passed. So whatever proof of time you had in there, that's it for you for this year. I just did the calculator real quick for a two fifteen marathon, half marathon, which is the cutoff for proof of time for, a for half. the rate for a half. If you, you have to do the 10 K in just over an hour, one hour, oh, just over? And okay, one hour and thirty-three seconds. Okay, so okay. there's so that's how you if you put your your goal pace in, it will tell you what you need to do to kind of get there. And don't take that as golden, but yeah, we we believe that to be correct because, as Greg said, it's widely rumored. But I don't know for a fact that that's what's used McMillan calculator, but it probably is. Um, yeah, for the half, it's got to be a 10K, 10K, 10 miler or half. For the full, it's got to be a 10 miler, half or full. I think those are the only distances you can submit for your proof of time. You could actually do a marathon for the half marathon also, but. Okay. But, you know. Uh, yeah, John, you're an overachiever, though. That's what that is. I mean, I would think you'd probably have, me personally, I think you have a better time in your half than you would on your full, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's just John. 
John's always John's always trying to overdo. Yeah, I do. That's why that's why he had Tori geeking out at the expo. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to Alicia's point though, you know, even if you're super close to it, I still think there's no harm in putting in. You know, it's no, not agree. like you know, it's not like Run Disney is gonna penalize you. You know, and, and stick you in the last yeah. corral because you know you submitted a proof of time that wasn't under that. Now I agree. that being that being said, though, if the proof of time stays at two fifteen, don't think that you can submit a proof of time of say like two forty five or three hours and, and and think you know that, that that's going to work. Um, but again, I think if you're within the ballpark, go for it. You have nothing to lose. I agree. That's the best advice I can give you. I'll finish where we started with this one. Thanks for the question. If you got a question, please send them to us. And we're not afraid to admit we're giving you our best answer, but we don't really know. <laughs> okay. And we if all else fails, join Club Run Disney and you'll get yeah. better corral placement. You will. Uh, as, as the years creep up on me, that becomes more and more tempting all the time. <laughs> hey, uh, Allie, well, I got you What's here. Up? Another question I saw online. When can we order more merchandise? Oh boy, do we have a great update for you. Um, we ordered some more on the website. And so we have some stock in inventory and it's um, riseandrunpodcast.com forward slash shop. We have some inventory of our um, Mickey color logos, the dopey colors. We have hoodies. We have t-shirts. We have tanks um, in neon colors. We're going to be adding some more shirts in a couple weeks. So yeah, so there, there's some stuff to order right now and we should be adding more inventory as the weeks go on. We should be having some that can go out before Princess. So if you're interested in Great. repping your favorite podcast. There you go. Then, yeah, we can get you something before Princess. So get your orders in. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, that that way we can recognize one another at the expo. That's kind of cool. It's great to see everybody running around in the Rise and Run merch. I appreciate it. Also, we got some Run Disney breaking, 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 breaking news that happened a couple of days ago. And we're just going to talk about it now. So it's not so breaking. But uh, we got some news about the requirements uh, for Coast to Coast. And I'm going to kick it over to our correspondent, Alicia, who's actually done the Coast to Coast before. Alicia, can you tell us about it, please? I can, Greg. Um, So... Really exciting that they're bringing Coast to Coast back and bringing the Disneyland races back. Um, And something that's kind of the same that they've done before, but a little bit different, is they're going to have two options for Coast to Coast. The first being you can do the marathon, the half marathon, the goofy challenge or the dopey challenge during marathon weekend, as well as doing the half marathon or the challenge during Disneyland. And that will be a special Coast to Coast medal. If any of you were back in doing Run Disney or have heard about it, we used to have a Coast to Coast medal that was special and pink if you did Princess and Tinkerbell races. So I assume this is going to be something like that, where it's a very special extra Coast to Coast medal since they are back-to-back weekends. So if you do these... You're literally going to go from marathon weekend one weekend to doing Disneyland on the other coast the next weekend. Wow. 
That's kind of intense. Yeah, it would be like you finish running the marathon, if you want to do the marathon, on Sunday, and then you have to go pick up your bibs in Disneyland by Thursday. Yeah, it's very, very close together. So, Which sounds amazing. <laughs> it does sound amazing. And hats off to anybody who decides to do that. I personally do not plan to do that, but okay, I... Okay, you mentioned a second option. <laughs> I, yes. So the second option for others that don't want to do that, you can do the half marathon or the challenge at Disneyland and then any other half marathon or if you do springtime, the 10 miler. So the highest race or a challenge of any of the other races during the same race year. So it has to be in 2024, not the race season, but the race year. And then... That will be a different coast-to-coast medal than the one than the first option. We don't know what they're going to look like, but we do know that it's going to be a very different medal. And you cannot do it if you're doing the virtual races. You won't get to coast-to-coast. Right, right. So makes sense. Yeah. Thanks, Alicia. Yeah, that that's cool. I mean, the bottom line, the big news is Run Disney's return to Disneyland. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I'll eventually get there. I just don't know when. I got to say, they're really pushing the envelope, though. I mean, think about it. I mean, from time of recording, Club Run Disney registration is in about a week. Yeah. And so far, there is no theme. There is no prices. You know, there's barely any logistics out there. So, of course, knowing our luck, this information will probably get all released after we hit the stop button on recording <laughs> and everything like that. But um, I, I think there, there's a lot of people with bated breath, you know, waiting on that anticipation of all the details of Disneyland. But, you know, for those of you that are going to mm-hmm. go for it, that's super exciting. Yeah, good luck. Now, remind me, um, because, you know, it's been so long since COVID happened. Did we know the themes pre-COVID, before registration? Well, before registration, that's a good question. I don't remember um, ever really not. knowing probably what not. the race yeah. weekend themes were. And no, then probably not. Like post-COVID, when the races came back, they started announcing the themes before registration. Correct. Yep. Hey, friends, uh, we've got, I said it earlier today, we've got an interview this week we think you're really going to enjoy. Jack, who are we talking with this week? So I am extremely hyped for our next guest here. We have Taryn, who is a retired professional wrestler wrestler <laughs> with a career with WWE, Impact Wrestling, and NWA. She was the TNA Knockouts Champion with having a reign that lasted 279 days, which actually became the longest reign in the title's history until 2019. But, you know... If that didn't impress you already, um, she is also a stunt woman, which I'm super like in awe of, with some of her highlights in TV and movies like Now You See Me, Jurassic World, and even most recently, she stunt doubled as Catherine Zeta Jones in the new National Treasure show on Disney Plus. Uh, again, she's a trick of all trades. She's not only a stunt woman, but she's also an actress, which is super cool. Uh, and now you are a run Disney addict like us. Welcome to the family, my friend. Thank God I found it. (laughs) (laughs) So we are really super excited for you to be here. And we are just so excited to also hear your story. So first off, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. First off, if it's okay, can you tell us your story and how you became a pro wrestler? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So we should rewind about 20 years um, where I was much, much younger and I got out of high school. I was a power lifter in high school and um, a cheerleader. And then I cheered in college. And then I was like, I think a lot of people can probably relate to this because when you are a high school athlete, a college athlete, and then you're done with that, it's like almost a mourning process where you're like, oh my gosh, like this was my whole life and it was something athletic. What do I do with that? Like it's just gone. Um, so at the time, I kind of was like going through that process. And I also really was always intrigued by the entertainment industry. Um, and so I sort of had it in my brain that like I was going to somehow get there. I didn't know how, but somehow I was going to get there. So um, I started modeling, just doing like convention modeling, like working as like trying to sell oil rigs and all kinds of like crazy stuff that I was like, hey, would you be interested in buying this new plastic that, you know, like that type of person at conventions. Um, and then I like that kind of evolved and I started working in LA a little bit to like bigger modeling jobs. And then I was doing um, an appearance in Las Vegas and WWE happened to be casting at the same hotel that I was doing a modeling appearance. And so I had a friend who was like super humongous wrestling fan and he was like, dude, you gotta go, you gotta go. Okay. I had no voice at the time, like completely hoarse. And um, I went and then I ended up booking their like reality show that they were doing at the time. And I made it all the way to fourth place. So that kind of was my journey into wrestling. Cool. Oh, wow. That is so cool. And then, so going from wrestling into stunt work, how did that transition go into it? So um, when I used to work at WWE, we always had a stunt coordinator on staff. His name was Ellis Edwards. And he was like, he was just great. And he had all of this information. I used to sit back in like the production uh, lounge and just sort of like pick his brain about it because it's something I was always interested in. And like I said, I mean, I knew I was at WWE and that was like really cool job and I loved it. But then I was like, hmm, what could be better than this? <laughs> Stunts, why not stunt? Um, And I mean, essentially, like we're literally just, we're doing fights all day, every day. So I'm like, this could really transition, you know, well into that. And so I would ask him and I was like, so when are you going to tell me about stunts? And he's like, I honestly, if I tell you anything that Vince McMahon was running the company at the time. And he was like, Vince would be so mad if I was like, here's a new career, leave, leave this career. And go <laughs> this one. So he's like, I can't tell you anything. So when I left there, um, I got in touch with him right away. And then he was nice enough to give me his contacts because it's a huge reputation and like, um, you know, who, you know, type of a business. And so he got me in touch with a couple of stunt coordinators and I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to make it. And they were like, yeah, sorry, you don't have your SAG card, which is the screen actors. <gasps> right. And you can only get it if you work and you can only work if you have it. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, Catch-22. It's so hard because I know Atlanta is not necessarily like that because I know LA is completely different. You can get your SAG card. I believe you have to work three background gigs or something like that or or anything of like lines or whatever. I yeah. know in Atlanta, it's, it's optionable, but after a certain point, I think you are required to get it. Yeah, that's exactly right. The right to work state. And so you can, you can work, but I think, yeah, I think there's like a cutoff to where it's like, okay, if you're continuing to work in this career, then you have to, you have to choose one or the other. And then also like just to get the benefits of the union and stuff, that's, that's obviously worth it for a lot of people. Um, so yeah. So then I was like, well, shoot, how am I going to get my SAG card? So 
I ended up trying to act because I was like, I don't know, no stunt coordinator would give me a job. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I started going out for acting gigs and I booked one and I booked one line on um, the campaign. And that was it. That was my, I was like, yes, I'm in. And then, and then I was able to start hustling and and making my connections from there. Taryn, was there not a union associated with uh, wrestling? No. Believe it or oh, not, surprise. Yeah. I know. Completely yeah. non-union. Um, hmm. it probably would have been beneficial. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it does it helps protect people, you know. I mean, they're they're not they're not rosy and perfect, but you know, it does help. Of bit. course, yeah. Interesting. Um, nothing, yeah. So I mean, and and there was a a thing like back in the day where they tried to unionize and it got shut down immediately. So nobody ever tried to do it again. <laughs> Everybody was like, oh, wow. yeah, we're going to lose our jobs if we make a union. So we're, we're done. Is there like one that you prefer over the other, the acting or a stunt award? Oh, stunts. 100 I knew it. That sounds more like fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, like I've always been physical. So for me, yeah. like I know how to work like with my body and how to act with my body. But then like when you tell me that you're going to be in my face and oh, OK, here's an example. I had an audition <laughs> This was the worst day of my life. I was like, oh my God. So I, I go and they tell me that I need to, I'm on a, a Zoom call. He's like looking at my face. He goes, okay, I need that you just look like you're in pain. First, you stub your toe. Second, you get punched in the stomach. Third, somebody drops an anvil on your head. And so I start <laughs> going through that. And he goes, no, no, no. You're making it with your face. I don't want to see your face. I only want to see your eyes move. Show me those three reactions with just your eyes. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> wow. I did not book that job. <laughs> I, got off, I got off with the phone with them and I called my husband and I was like, yes. Yeah, so, uh, thanks for prepping with me on that. I definitely didn't book that. So that was kind of a waste of time, but here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I like stunts so much more now I do enjoy, um, stunt acting, which like occasionally I do. And that's really fun. Um, I have an upcoming uh, gig where I get to die, which is like kind of what I do most of the time. It's so amazing. Dying. Like, what are you doing today? I'm going to go die on set. It's going to be great. So, and that's, that's fun because it will actually be me. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I have any lines. It's weird because as actors, you know, if you have lines going in as stunts, you don't necessarily know. Oh, really? You'll show up the week before and they're like, oh yeah, you have this line. Oh, great. I could have prepared for that, but it's fine. (laughs) So like with the stunt work, is it more word of mouth or are you working through an agency? Because I know you said stunt actor as well. So I know in that respect, you might have an agent that will get you along the lines with that. Or is it just literally word of mouth? Word of mouth. It's literally just I knew it. people. It's really hard. And Jack, I, I saw that or I was listening to an episode recently and you were talking about stunts. Um, you yeah. Stuff and I was like, oh, shoot. But um, I, yeah, I, I, it's so hard because there is no agency for acting. You can sign up and then fit this mold and every, or you fit this type of character and they submit you to those characters. For this, it's just like you have to hustle and send your resume out, your headshot to stunt coordinators, know what's going on, what's filming, and just make friends. And that is, that is the industry. I have a friend who's a stunt woman and she only specifically does stunts on roller skates. And no that's way. her like niche. Yeah. <laughs> so she was in she was in the Birds of Prey movie with like um Oh, Marco like, Robbie. Yeah, so she did yeah. she stunted Marco Robbie. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Did it's she just on the back of the mo- didn't the motorcycle pull? There were two um roller roller skating stunt people and okay. I don't think she ended up being the one that did that, but she did do it as like, yeah. you know, they had both of them do it. But it's yeah. just it's really Let's funny. Try that- this. The motorcycle's gonna pull you on roller skates. Let's see what happens. <laughs> what could go wrong, right? Nothing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, that was a question that I was going to ask because, you know, obviously you said you're really good at dying, but, you know, what other types of, you know, physical stunts do you have to do? Like, you know, really the the closest thing that I can think of to stunts in my life that make a Disney connection here is when we all go to see the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. You know, that's what, you know, my definition of stunts are. So, like, what physical types of things do you do outside of, of dying each time you're on set? Um, well, okay. So for example, this, the past two weeks I've been filming a sword fight. Um, and I don't die. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I, I, since I said, I don't die, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but when it comes out, I'll tag you guys. So you know what show it cool. was. <laughs> Perfect. Very cool. <laughs> um, so, cause that could be a spoiler alert. And then the network would be really unhappy with me. All right. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the other, I mean, I've been set on fire, hit by cars, oh my. fell downstairs, um, jumped out of, you know, four foot built. Not, I don't do too, anything too high. Like some people go up to like a hundred feet. I I'm, I'm good at oh, wow. the fourth floor. I'll jump out of that. Fourth floor. Else. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave that to somebody who has like a better specialty, you know, a specialty. Holy cow. Um, and then like, there was a, there was a movie called daddy's home where Will Ferrell throws a basketball and it hits a cheerleader in the head and she goes, she's, you know, flat back. So that was me. So that was fun. Cause it's like, you know, I don't die, but I certainly <laughs> <laughs> I took a basketball to that. <laughs> That's cool. And on that note, let me tell you a Disney, a Disney stunt connection, which is really cool is my husband was a stuntman at uh, lights motors action for many. Years. <gasps> oh, cool. Yeah, so we're like when we go every time you know oh. we're in Star Wars, um, we're like we go and we see the little the little go karts that are lined up, and it I guess it says um, lights, motors, action in the in a different language or something. I don't know the exact, but that's pretty cool. So when I met him, um, and I I saw that he was he had told me he worked for Disney, and then he showed me his little cast member thing. I was like, that's it, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So with all these different types of skill sets, are you going to, are there certain stunt gyms you go to and maybe, and we'll get into this a little bit later. Do you use this sometimes as cross training efforts for running as well? Or like, so how does that all work? But yeah, how do you learn all these different kinds of skill sets? Cause they all sound so amazing. I mean, first off, where did, where did you learn how to get set on fire or what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, thankfully, there's a lot of amazing people in the industry. And once you're in, there's a lot of people that are willing to teach you what they know. Um, And so at the time when I first got into it, there was a stunt gym in New Orleans, you know, and there's a lot like in Atlanta, um, in LA, obviously. But I went there to sort of learn basic, like, basic parkour. I'm never going to get a job in, if it's a parkour job, but there are times that maybe I'm doubling an actress that she has a parkour move. So I need to know how to do like basics of everything. Wrestling taught me how to fall. And at the end of the day, oh, yeah. that was that's your number one because I will hit the ground super hard and I will hit the ground that same with that same punishment time after time after time. Um, and then I'll complain when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I think um, there's things like sword fights, like that is not a specialty of mine. Some people they've trained in swords their whole life. So um, the 
two or three jobs that I've had that are working swords, there's been somebody on set who teaches you uh, the choreo. And so then you just learn it. And um, the other thing with wrestling is that it really teaches you how to pick up choreography super quick. Um, so, you know, that's, it's really easy for me to just ha have somebody show me what to do. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I got it, you know? So a lot of skills are learned on set. Some stuff like getting set on fire. Thankfully, you have a whole team of people who work on you. Um, they have clothes and ice and gel. And honestly, I will tell you, it feels like you're in, um, you're in clothes that just came out of the dryer. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is nice. I feel like I'm being given a hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So this is wild question, but can you do like a black widow thing where you climb on top of the person and then like whatchaw it? them to the ground like <laughs> as long as they were willing to get wachad to the ground <laughs> <laughs> i will say that like the last time i was in disney uh disneyland and i was um i was watching the stunt people and spider-man and stuff i'm like you know what when i retire i think this is where i want to go <laughs> oh, cool i'll just be black widow every day for the rest of my life my husband goes you're gonna be old and i'm like it's fine it's fine. It Maybe Lady Tremaine and Lady Tremaine will turn into a stunt woman. And it'll be <laughs> you know who you could be is in Fantasmic Elizabeth Swan. <gasps> okay. I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> right. See, I've got my retirement plan. All, like this is, this is perfect. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> These are just such fascinating stories. Now, the one thing that I want to know with your time being on set um, you know, like Jack mentioned in your intro, you know, you've done stunt work for Catherine Zeta Jones, you know, in that new, that new series right now, when I was doing some research to prepare for this interview, I saw, I think you were Christina Applegate's, um, stunt double in bad moms. When you go to do the stunt work, do you get to meet the person that you are supposed to be stunting for? Or is it one of those things where like, okay, they call cut, they're offset, and then you get ushered in and you don't get to talk to them at all? So it's it's a mix. So um, the day I, uh, the days I doubled uh, Christina, I was doing her driving for her. So she was on another set filming and then I was doing her driving because you, they don't need to see that. Um, on that particular movie, I also doubled Catherine Hahn and we actually were working side by side because there were, I would run and I would trip over, um, I would trip over, it's like a little chain link fence. That was you! Hey! That was you! I remember seeing those bloopers. I thought that was the funniest thing. Oh my. <laughs> well, let me tell you, are there bloopers for it? Are there? Oh, yeah. I have to see that because they totally they just hung there and it just kept going back and forth. Me because they wouldn't yell cut, and so I like I would get one time I got tripped up and I was like, dang it! And then another time they let me just keep running and they were never yelling cut. And they're like, let's see how far she's gonna run. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna send you that video for you. I didn't even know that existed. That's so fun. Um, yeah, that was a really fun day. So then they'll do like, um, it's called a Texas switch where I like fall out of frame, but then Catherine would pop back up into frame. So, you know, so we're working together on that. Um, so yeah, it's about, it's a mix. And then like when I doubled Catherine on national treasure on driving days, she wasn't there, but on fight, the, uh, fight days she was. So in the interactions that you've had with, with high level celebrities, 
who's been like the most friendliest person that you have ever interacted with? Obviously, I'm not going to ask who's the worst because I don't want to get you in trouble. And I don't I don't want to ruin your street cred <laughs> in the biz. But but who's like, you know, the, the one that's like taking you most by surprise or like was the sweetest person you've ever met? I will say the majority of the time um, the actors are wonderful and super. And a part of our job, too, is to take care of them because they're our actor. We want to make sure they're safe. We make sure provide pads for them to fall on, teach them choreography. Um, so a lot of actors are really excited to do that. They're excited to have a little bit of action. I this um, I was doubling an actress named Kelly Sullivan this past week, and she, if any of you are familiar with the show Henry Danger, um, she was uh, the mom on this show. It's a kid show. I know it because my kids watch every single episode, <laughs> um, and I was able to you know teach her the choreography, and she got really comfortable doing the choreography. So that's really fun because then you're you film, you know, some of the harder stuff in the falls and that sort of thing. But I also can get the actress comfortable with doing it herself. So a lot of times, um, you know, that's how that sort of scenario works. But I will say the very, the most incredible is Will Ferrell. And that is because I, (laughs) I have a story and I don't, I was nurse. Okay. So I've worked with him three times. I'll get into this. It's a crazy story. Um, as long as we can talk about nursing and having a baby on this show, then I can tell this story. We're all inclusive here. Go for Perfect. it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was, uh, I filmed the campaign with him. Then I filmed, filmed a movie called Get Hard uh, with him and Kevin Hart. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we were filming a scene um, and it was in a bar and um so okay first of all every time i see will he remembers my kids he remembers oh nice he's just like oh you know don't you have a daughter and and a son he's a little younger and so i always found that to be very it is kind he doesn't need to remember that he's i mean can you imagine doing all of those lines on a film and then you also remember that the stunt girl you're working with has kids so i always thought that was really kind um and i've so the stunt with him was um on that film was i had to come from the top of a truck and like I splat onto the windshield while <laughs> while we're driving it and they didn't hire they did have a stunt driver but they did some of it themselves um and then I get thrown off well but prior to that I'm in the bar um the the set was a bar and I had just given birth five weeks ago and so all of a sudden because there's long hours on set I didn't have time to pump and milk starts. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. What am I going to do? So Will ends up, he like, I catch his word of this happening. He shuts down the whole set and was like, we're going to take 10 or 15 minutes. Taryn, go take care of what you need to take care of. I mean, literally, like, shut everything down. Wow. And then the makeup artist brought me in the back. She helped me. <laughs> she brought my milk back to the makeup trailer. And and we moved forward. So that was um, – I just thought that that was such a kind thing to do. It is. It's a great story. Yeah. Every every minute on a film set is money. And he was – Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. like, you know what? We're going to take some time, and you go take care of that. So I thought that was really, really great. And then – the basketball one that I filmed with him where he has to hit me in the head was really funny because right. I filmed that um, at a live Lakers-Pelicans game. And so <laughs> we had six minutes to get this shot. And the audience knew we were filming a movie, but they didn't know what was going to happen um, because they wanted real audience reactions of mm-hmm. 
you know, what they would do when they see a girl get hit with a basketball. <laughs> um, and so that was really fun because we're like, we're looking at each other right before we're about to go out. And he's like, I hope I hit you. And I'm like, I hope you hit me too. But don't worry. If you don't, we have two chances to get this right. <laughs> we're going to get it. It's going to be fine. He pegged me in the head perfectly both times. So it worked out great. <laughs> nice. Taryn, so far, power lifter, stunt person, part gymnast, part acrobat. How do you become runner? How does that get started? How do you get started running and how do you get into run Disney? I will tell you that I constantly told myself I was not a runner. Always. My whole life. I was a power lifter in high mm -hmm. school. I said that. And then um, I was convinced. I, I remember watching the girls that I knew that ran and I, I watched I looked at the way their bodies were shaped and compared it to mine. And mm -hmm. I said, my body's not built like that. I don't have the long legs. I don't have, you know, I just saw these like long lean people that ran. And so I had convinced myself that, oh, well, I just wasn't meant to run. Um, and so fast forward many, many, many years later, um, which I have spent my life doing uh, like CrossFit type workouts, um, you know, always weightlifting. And then once I really started into CrossFit, um, I was sad that I couldn't run a mile. Um, I'm sure, or you guys are familiar with Murph, the Memorial Day workout. Yes, yes. Um, so I was always bummed that I couldn't just run the whole mile. And I was like, what the heck? Like, how do... This is not cool. So um, that was one of the uh, motivations for me to be like, okay, wait, I, I I should be able to run a mile. And I was watching people with multiple different body types mm -hmm. able to run a mile. And so that was motivational to me. The other thing was, is that I got into obstacle course racing and I told myself that this wasn't really running because I would run to an obstacle, do an obstacle, and, you know, and so I had the obstacle breaks. So, yeah. it, you know, so to me, it was like, oh, yeah, well, I will do like a a Spartan Super and, and used to be a Spartan Super was somewhere between like eight and 10 miles. So I would do that and it's trail running and, you know, so there's and there's like times that you're like walking through water. And so right. it just didn't feel like a real a real run to me. Um, but between those two things, I was like. I wonder, I wonder if I could start doing this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, thing. so there's a race in New Orleans um, called the Crescent City Classic. And it's like a, uh, it's a 10K. And so that kind of became my goal as I started doing that. And um, then when COVID hit is really when I really started, like I did the Crescent City Classic the year before. And then when we were in lockdown, it was like, huh, well, there's nothing else to do except to go outside and run. And I live by, um, it's a 22, um, mile trail, um, okay. concrete trail, which is great. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start. And there was, um, a, a virtual challenge to run like as many five miles as you can do in one day. And I made it up to 50 yeah, yeah. in one day. And wow. I was like, huh? Wow. Yeah. I can do that. So then it just was unlocking these ideas of, I am capable of so much more than I thought I was. Mm. And then what's the next thing I could potentially do? And so then I just kind of started like, um, I started just looking for more races and that sort of thing. And then just really training it hard. And then I hurt my hip and I was down and I was like, no, all of this hard work has gone to nothing. Mm -hmm. So I got um, a couple of rounds. I mean, my body is, is done. Like when I tell you I have beat 
the ever living, you know what, out of I it. I believe you. It is in so much pain at all times. So um, I got PRP injections in my hip. Mm-hmm. Um, I got three rounds of that. And then I got mm-hmm. my hip working order. And then I kind of just, again, just started. And I love it. I mean, I know you all feel the same. It's just yeah. the most cathartic thing to do. Um, I just, you know, and then I really started for me, I was like, you know what? CrossFit means I have to go to the gym and I have to like, it's just time going there and time going back. And I'm like, I can just put my running shoes on and go out the front door and have the mm-hmm. best, the mm-hmm. best hour of my life. This is great. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so then that sort of led me. And then I just kind of was researching races and I go to Disney all the time, all the time. Like, I mean, for someone who doesn't live in Florida, I guess, you know, I'm like there every two to three months. Cause I just am obsessed. So, um, so I was like, and then I would see the tents and I would see the big balloons in the air. And I'm like, what is that? I don't know what that is. So then I started like researching it. And I was like, wait a second. I <laughs> these two things. What? So yeah. I did. And I, um, my first one was wine and dine. And I what was, year? uh, this past, this past wine. Oh, and okay. Dine. Just recently. Okay. Oh, wow. Recently. And I was like, oh my gosh. What in the what? I've been missing this for this all of these years. And I hear all the stories of people that you know, perfect dopies and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I I could have been doing this all of these <laughs> all of these years. But um, oh my gosh, I can't even I can't I was telling somebody recently after marathon and seeing, you know, the actual goats that they had out, and I'm like, Yes. I, I was just excited to see the goats as I was any other character. Cinderella like, <laughs> goats. I don't know. It was amazing. Like it's the best of every world you could potentially. And then gosh, the community of people. Yeah. Like what? It just warms my heart. I mean, turning on the main street, I just like tears. <laughs> just oh like, yes. Oh. So I just, I think that was, yeah. And then I'm, I'm sold and I never want to miss another race. I actually sadly hurt my PCL um, at, training for marathon. Um, I potentially, well, I tore it seven years ago and I think it's potentially just irritated. Um, but it is not stopping me. I am doing princess. I just got a gigantic brace to put on my knee. So I'm like, there's no way that I'm missing it. So I, um, I, I've just been training on the Peloton just hoping that's going to be enough. (laughs) Oh, you, yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, okay. So I absolutely love learning about how everybody gets into the run Disney addiction because it isn't an addiction because once you do one, you're like, okay, next year I got to do it again. Or if you want to do like the perfect season, are you trying for the perfect season right now? I am going to take springtime off. Um, oh. I know. I keep I, like, <laughs> it in my mind because every time that it opens back up, I'm like, do I, do I do it? <laughs> No, like, I don't know. Um, I, so I, I'm, I'm torn. I'm like, if, if the universe wants me to do it, it's going to open up and I'm, my knee's going to be feeling really good that day. And I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm signing up. So, um, it's also like during a crazy season of, um, my daughter's a competitive cheerleader. So we're oh, very nice on there like a week before a week after like something, something inconvenient. Um, mm-hmm for that timeline but uh but it, i may but my goal for like going forward is every single race every single time nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> whether or not it will happen i i'm dying to i was super jealous in a good way i'm very happy for everybody that got to do dopey um but i was like oh i want in that club <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> people always found it weird that like I was more I was really <laughs> I guess I don't know if I would say I'm more nervous I was more nervous doing dopey than I was training for Lake Sonoma 50 miler and they're like why you're an ultra runner and I'm like because there's a certain level of exhaustion that you have to train yourself into and ultra running is done all in one day and you just keep using your adrenaline to get you to the end, even though you're exhausted. Whereas every day with dopey, you have to wake up and you're like, Oh God, but it's <laughs> like, literally, I hope you do it because even though it was so exhausting, it was one of the most magical experiences that I've been very grateful to have taken part of and I think everybody should at least do it once because it's it's like nothing else I just love the camaraderie of everybody too that's like you know just standing in line for pictures afterwards and and talking to them about the the dopey experience that they had and um you know and it's it even though everybody's kind of limping and they're in pain and you know they're so happy they're so happy and all of the soreness does not matter because they're just like I did that and this past marathon was my first marathon ever very so, good congratulations congratulations so for me that was like that was enough but next time I have to do more you know <laughs> yeah you're in I, I I can hear it you're hooked you're in oh, I love it so much I stop for every character um I, like. I need every picture. I, the whole thing. I wrote Everest. And nice, that was nice, nice. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I didn't do that. I was so excited. The only thing I didn't know is that um, the Tower of Terror, I was like, I don't know. Cause my, <laughs> do I have time? Do I not have time? I would almost recommend saving that one for after because that's how, where I used to work. And I can tell you the process from the point that you get into line to the point where you get out. That attraction itself is about four minutes long. If you include the library aspect of it as well, that's another minute and a half. And then to get through the fast pass, oh, you made the right decision. Yeah, as much as I would love you to, for you to do Tower of Terror during the race. I know it was, it was worth skipping for sure. And that's what I did. I ended up, I was by myself too. I went um, to Disney totally by myself and just made friends everywhere I went. And then um, afterwards I went to Hollywood studios. I sat at Oga's Cantina, um, made friends with some other racers next to me. And then I went and rode um, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. And I'm like, no better way to end a day. <laughs> so Taryn, we've talked about Disney World. Are you planning on doing the Disneyland races when they happen? coming up? Not this year. Um, so I will probably do it the following year. My kids love LA. Um, and then we get to work out there, you know, quite a bit. Um, and so it's so much fun because when my husband will be on set, he works a lot more, uh, than I do these days just because, um, you know, I like to be like mom, PTA mom, the whole thing. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I, that, that is definitely a plan. I mean, I would like to hit Disneyland Paris when that comes, (laughs) like the whole Um, and I have been to Disneyland Paris twice, but I, uh, I think it would be fun to run there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I want them all. I really do. I want, I want like my entire wall shrine of my Disney medal. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Well, they're currently, it's all obstacle courses, um, which I, yeah, I've done so many of those Tough Mudders, Spartans. Um, savage races. And, and like I said, those have really taken up my time. And then I think too, like we, I'm sure you guys are really similar with anytime it's a new year, you kind of sit down and you start looking at your race schedule and you're like, okay, this is my, (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> these are my race. These are the races I want to do in each month and, and try and plan them out. So um, I've got my, my run Disney races in there. And then, you know, in between those, I've got obstacle course races and then, some, you know, local, uh, local 10 Ks and local halves. So obviously we know that you are quasi a, a run Disney newbie, you know, since you, you know, just started, you know, your first race in uh, this past November at Wine and Dine. What have you learned from the past two race weekends that you're like, okay, I have to do this next race weekend. You know, I, I know you're running princess or, you know, for next year, you know, what, what is that one thing? Like, you, you know, you saw somebody like, Oh, I wish I would have done that. Or I would have done that. What anything, you know, spark uh, spark an idea there for you. Uh, yeah. I want my costumes to just continue to get bigger. That's ah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am. I, the funny thing is, is that I am actually, I've already started planning. I've got wine and dine costumes, um, like planned out. I've got obviously princess cause that one's coming up. Um, but you know, I think that I I've, as far as something like actually practical, um, the food situation, I get nervous before races every single time and I don't eat. And I'm like, I just, it's like out of my mind. And I ended up having to like force myself to eat the night before marathon. And I knew I didn't have enough carbs. And so when I got to mile seven, only mile seven in marathon, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. hit a wall. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not good. <laughs> so I really just don't think I prepared enough. And I had a Snickers and that's like the best thing that I have ever tried. I've never brought, I know oh, this yeah. new on race day. I've never used a Snickers, but that thing saved my life. That would work. Yep. Lots of carbs. Yeah. So, so I, I definitely feel like I, I need to make sure I, and I got in really late. Like I literally flew in the day before, um, marathon. And so I really think it's important to get there a couple of days and just act like, yeah, 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 it is. It's much more, much more comfortable for you and all that. Yeah. I kind of get your sleep, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, or, or lack of a little bit. Yeah. Of sleep. Oh my gosh, that alarm clock. <laughs> I can't. And that's, and then I've also like, when I did wine and dine, I showed up kind of later. Like I got on the bus at 315, 320. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then of course I realized that when on half, I did the challenge at wine and dine. So then on half marathon, I, I did the same thing and I was like, oh gosh, we're, we're starting this. I had no idea about the mile and a half, <laughs> you know, walk to the house. And I was like, oh shoot, I need to start getting there earlier. And so I really like, at first going into it, I was like, eh, I'll be fine just showing up. And then all the stuff, of course, that happened with Marathon, um, you know, and like people not being able to get into their corrals. I've I've realized, forget about the sleep. You'll be fine. You can sleep later. Get yeah, there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we call that the alley method. Showing up at the last minute and uh, <laughs> heading right yeah, to the corral. Just walk right on. Yeah. That's, the, that's the alley method. I do that with airports. I do that with with everything of it. I like to get as much sleep as possible. She's good at it. Yeah. You know what I've gotten? I've, I've actually, I've gotten um, influenced by these fine folks and I do get there earlier now because I like to <laughs> chat now and, yeah, and we see hang. my friends. Yeah. It is fun. And it's just like being around all of those people. It feels so magical and, you know, until you're in the corrals and then people are starting to fight for space and then you're like, you're a stunt woman. You're training for running. I guess you get injured. What's your rehab type schedule for this? I mean, like you, you got to be doing, are you lucky that you're not getting hurt doing stunts or like you said before, your body's hurting all the time. 
Yeah, I do. I, I am um, constantly nursing some injury. And so I think one of the things is that I go get IV therapy a lot. Um, I do uh, cryotherapy, red light therapy, infrared sauna, uh, foam rolling, yoga, all of those things. So I really just try and and focus. The, here's my biggest problem is when I go out for a run, I have so much trouble warming up because I'm so excited that I just am ready to go for it. So, it. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And then by the time I'm cooling down, I'm like, you know, I really should take the time and like let myself cool down. But I'm usually running into a house of kids and it's insane and it's chaos. And I'm just like, okay, like my cooling down is like, mom, can you make me some chicken nuggets? Mom, I want some chocolate milk. <laughs> so that's, that's not cooling down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, my heart rate's still going. I'm like, huh. Yeah. It's got 100 miles um, hours in different direction. That's all. Yeah, definitely. So I, you know, I really just try and listen to my body. And as hard as it is, um, actually like, I tore my AC joint and I wish I could say I did it doing something fun, but I was doing a Spartan race, still didn't do something fun. I was staying at a tree house and, um, it was a loft style bed with a library ladder. Uh -huh. So I was climbing up the ladder and the ladder goes flying and I had to grab it and my AC joint blew out. I was like, no, oh, that stinks. Well, it's like, yeah. I think the problem is, is that I have beat up my body so much that it's like yeah. barely hanging on. So it doesn't well, take for, for something to go. So I really, I just try and, and prioritize the things that are easy for me, which like I said, are, I can go to like, a, you know, a place down the road and, and hop in a cryo booth and that sort of thing and put my, nor I have my Norma Tech boots and yep. those are the things mm -hmm. you need. Yep. Lay in bed, kids lay with me. We're just like, Hey, what's up? this is the best life ever. <laughs> They're good. They sure are. Yeah. I watched you on wrestling. I'm a big wrestling geek. I mean, shut up. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, back during the Monday Night Wars, I had a TV that had picture in picture and two VCRs going. Okay. So that's how crazy I was. I love that. <laughs> so I heard you retired. Uh, do you think you got one more left? You think, is that still burning in the back of your head? You know, it's funny that you say that because, um, I, you know, I, I don't know how big of a wrestling person you are. Do you, if you know Simon Diamond, um, he was a wrestler from a long time ago, but he's kind of been my mentor through a lot of my career. Uh, him and Tommy Dreamer. Tommy uh, Dreamer, yeah. Yeah. And so, and he kind of was like, you know, when you start going out and it feels like work, you're, it's time, you're done. And so I think like, I got to a point where I was in pain um, and I could valet and that um, Billy Corgan, who's the uh, yeah. president of NWA, he was so, he was amazing. And he was willing to let me just be a character on the show and just um, walk out with, if, you know, if you're not familiar with the valet, it's like the girl that walks out to the ring and cheers them on while they're wrestling. But the problem is, is I was a wrestler. And so I watch what's happening in the ring and I feel sad because I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, and I love, I, what I would love inevitably is to work behind the scenes. I love creating stories. I love helping tell stories through action, um, and through wrestling. So, uh, can I still take bumps, um, in the ring? Yeah, I can. I'm going to pay for it because my body hurts really bad. Um, and I still do it with stunt work, but I, like I said, I take less stunt work than I did, um, in wrestling or I take less stunt work than I used to. Um, but the other thing is, is that with wrestling, it's live performance. Uh, so 
you know, you got to give it all you got every single time. And while, yes, you have to in film as well, things get filmed in sections. And so you're not necessarily having to go out for 10 minutes and beat yourself up. You know, it could be today we're filming this one fall and maybe you do it three or four times. And then the next day is we're going to film this section of the fight, you know, so it's, it's, it's been easier on my body. Um, and I can kind of pick and choose what stunt jobs I want to take, but I don't know. I mean, certainly if somebody called and they were like, we have the best storyline for you to be a part of, I probably wouldn't say no. (laughs) So it's been absolutely amazing having you here and listening to your story and just meeting you. You're just such a wonderful, lively person. And we can't say enough how grateful we are to have you here tonight. But to round this out, and I asked if Allie was okay with this, and I know we haven't done this in a while. I was wondering if you would like to do some rapid fire questions to kind of and uh, kind of round this out. Definitely, but I talk a lot, so you're going to have to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fit right in. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Marathon weekend, princess, springtime surprise, or wine and dine? Wine and dine. That's my favorite too, is wine and dine. And I know, I mean, this year I noticed there was a lot less people than marathon weekend. So that was kind of, yeah. I felt like it, there were so many people running and it got, you know, it got clogged up so much more than wine and dine. So I, I liked that. You know what happens a lot to Disney runners? Their favorite race becomes the first one they did. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's what I hear here also. <laughs> that's when I discovered the magic. So I, yeah. Well, yeah. Brings me to that happy place. All right. So the next one is Avatar Flight of Passage or Cosmic Rewind. Oh my gosh. That's a hard <laughs> one. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to have to say Flight of Passage because the first time I did it, I cry. Okay, apparently I'm just a crybaby. Um, no, I, I cried too. I cried too. Don't worry. <laughs> I've asked other people, and I'm like, I feel so weird that I cried on it. And I'm like, no, I cried too. So <laughs> it's not okay. Cool. So that that's now three people. Thank you, Jack. That have that you're are, very welcome. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. Okay, so now distance wise, marathon or half marathon? Half marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I it's like the perfect hard distance, but you can still, you know, kind of have a nice day the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could dream up anything for any run Disney race, what would it be? Ooh, you know, I I don't actually know because like I said, I'm new to all of this. Um, but I, I've heard that there were potentially more immersion type things in the past at, at run Disney races. I'm not sure what those things were. Um, but I will say on the, t- like, I love the screens. I feel like we could just keep going. We can keep adding stuff, adding people, adding characters, adding walk through 3D things. I don't know. I mean, sky's the limit, right? <laughs> I mean, if there was an obstacle course, would you do it? Oh, my gosh. Disney obstacle course. Disney obstacle course. Wow. Uh, I would do it, hands down. I've always wanted to do an obstacle course. I'm trying to picture it. You have to do it. I'll send you my list of ones that I'm doing this year. um, Please do. Seriously, I'm like, yes. (laughs) They're so much fun. And you end up like you're done with them and you're bleeding and you've got got cuts and, you know. (laughs) 
grapes and all of this stuff. But you're you feel like you jump over the Spartans, you jump over fire at the end, and you're like, oh, geez. warrior. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same, you know, it's the same superhero feeling when you, you cross the finish line and it's that it's not as emotional. I've, you know, for me, the marathons and the run Disney's are emotional and I'm, I'm crying and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And, um, this will be a story for another day, but I, I have a lung disease. So for me, like being able to do these things is incredible to push my body. Um, but the the other the race is the obstacle where you you just feel like a um like a warrior from from a movie for sure you're like Zena the warrior princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my last question for you would be, if you had a secret dream race, whether run Disney or not, what would it be? Okay, I I came up with this one while I was running marathon. It was. <laughs> A zoo race where you had because the goats and the pig and the snake, and you would just have animal encounters the entire time. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Neat. I love that. That sounds so Neat. much fun. I that mean, goat. That goat gave me life during the marathon. At oh, that. Yeah. So chill. He, yeah. she didn't know what it was, but it was so chill. And I was like, oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> so I was like, we could have animals the whole way. This would be incredible. I was gonna say, did you see the pig on the course? I saw the pig. I got a picture with a pig, and he refused to show his face. Oh no! <laughs> How you dare he? A pig? I didn't <laughs> see no pig. <laughs> there was a pig, and uh, is it a warthog or a pig? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see I don't know. it. I don't the reason know. I ask is because um, it reminded me of Pumbaa. I was like, "Oh, this must be Pumbaa." I this think it was. Pumbaa. I think it was a pig. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he wouldn't show his face. <laughs> I'm an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> so you truly are just a master of all the trades. It's so cool. Um, thank you so much for being here. We've thoroughly enjoyed this time with you. And um, we can't wait to see you at Princess Weekend. Oh, I know. I'm excited. It was so nice talking to you guys. Thank you for having me. I told you that was fun. That was a, that was a great one. Darren's a, uh, Darren's a friend of the show. She's a regular listener, and we're glad she's with us. I look forward to seeing her at Princess Weekend. Changing subjects. Greg, what's the word on the currently running now, because it started, the Peloton Challenge? The word is enthusiasm. Yeah, it is. It is just blowing my mind that, you know, two weeks ago, we were like, this is just going to be two teams of, of five riders, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's going to be it. Each team is twenty-two riders large. Yeah, that's impressive. What? Yeah, yeah isn't that cool? That it, that's and, you know, incredible. Yeah, and, you know, so and, you know, and it's one of those things where, like, I'm so glad that we have such great listener engagement, not only across our podcast but also across Will Run Fours. But then when I sat back and thought about it, it really is going to greatly benefit both of the charities. Because what, yeah. what we decided to do, uh, thanks to Bob's uh, suggestion, actually, is that the winning team of the pool of money, 75% of that pool of money is going to get donated to the winning team's charity. And then the quote-unquote losing team's charity will get 25% of the pool. So that way, regardless of the outcome of this thing, two great charities are yeah. going to, to get some money. Now, all of that being said, 
what is also great about this and where there's the enthusiasm is the trash talking. And oh my God, <laughs> Tom, it, I mean, he might not be able to pedal as fast as I can, but he could trash talk a lot better than me. <laughs> and it just, you know, just the, the friendly banter that is going back and forth between us and, and not only just between him and I, but all the participants on each team is just so fun. It, you know, I just, I love that it's in jest that, you know, no one's taking, you know, these comments, you know, seriously at all. Right. Uh, you know, it's making for a lot of good fun, but you know, I wanted to, you know, heading into this challenge, I want to offer some motivation to team rise and run as, as we embark on this journey. And that is, I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. I wish I could say something classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. <laughs> yes. You just you just made that up, didn't you? No, I did not make that up. That is uh, the quote of Shane Falco, uh, played by Keanu Reeves in the movie The Replacements. Yep. Yeah, I knew that. I has just always enjoyed th- that that quote it's and, that, good. and that fake football good. movie. So I figured that was very appropriate to this. It's but good. um I like it. You know, I, I'm proud of all of our Rise and Run team members. I'm even proud of the Will Run for you know team members as well, even though they're probably you know the only one minute and everything like that. But um yeah, so we're in our first week and we're really looking forward to it. We'll be posting on social media and I know again, a lot of friendly smack talk and um we're just really looking forward to all the miles we'll be pedaling in the month of February. Will you give a pep talk every week, like from a famous movie? <laughs> sure, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. There's two or three. It'll be pep talks with Greg. You know, <laughs> Miracle on Ice is coming up, Greg. You know. Well, yeah, I was thinking of Miracle on Ice. You know, maybe yeah. maybe I could pull something from Invincible or you know, any yep. given Sunday or something like that. You know, there's plenty. So, uh, you you guys, twenty five bucks ahead, you kicked in. Yep, twenty five bucks ahead. Yep, you got forty four people, eleven hundred bucks, and so round numbers. You're looking, you know, seventy five, seven fifty, and uh, I think it's actually eight and a quarter to the winner. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like the way, <coughs> I like the fact you're splitting it up. Everybody gets something that's nice. And we're excited because our guest tonight, Taryn, is actually on Team Rise and Run. Yeah. So we're we're yeah. very excited that, that she decided to uh to no join way. our team and, and hey. get involved with this. Yes, yep. Peloton Challenge. You look forward to hearing about it uh through the month of February. Go team rise and run. I'm proud of all you guys. I I don't have a Peloton. I'm I think it's cool we have twenty two people with Pelotons out there. That's pretty neat. And uh I think it's fantastic. I look forward to hearing the Rise and Run winning stats, Greg. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No pressure or anything. Yeah. And start working on your victory speech. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Uh, hey, John, do we have any new reviews this week? Yeah, we got two reviews. Cool. Disney running and pure joy. What's not to love? There you go. I just did my first run Disney event the Walt Disney World Half Marathon in January 2023. It was great to have this podcast and the community has built with its Facebook group. As I took the plunge into all things run Disney in the months leading up to the half, it helped me know what to expect and allowed me to focus on my training and having fun, which is one of the best parts, if not the best part, about running at Disney World. 
Thanks to Bob and the gang for your relentless positivity, encouragement of runners of all experience levels, and creating a space that lifts everyone up. Thanks for the review. It is the best part. It is the best part. The family, the group, the friends that we've made here. It's uh, <laughs> it's tough to replace that. It is the best part. Thank thank you. You got another one, John? Yeah, you said family, so uh, feels like family. I absolutely love this podcast. My number one. Such great information, interviews, tips, and excitement in every episode. I especially love the longer format lately. I can listen to them for days. They've nudged <laughs> me along so many miles and minutes, helped me prepare for marathon weekend, and made me feel like I belong and I'm among friends. I love everything about this podcast and applaud the gang for all the hard work they put into us. Thank you very much. Well, you you do belong, and we are proud to have you with us. And you realize what you're doing for us. And I, when I just say you, not only the reviewer here, but all of you who are listening, you're sparing our family members from having to listen to us talk about Run Disney incessantly because we talk with you about it for a couple hours. Uh, well, we record on Tuesday nights. I think most folks know that. Uh, so thank you for doing that. The, the long format yeah, we did that deliberately during the longer runs for dopey training. Uh, I don't know how much longer we'll continue that. I don't know how long this one's going to be. We'll see. But yeah, we enjoy it. Thank thank you so much. Thanks you always for taking the time out to send in a review. We appreciate it. We know it takes time and effort to do it. And we thank you very much. A quick note looking around at some of the, speaking of family, speaking of family, John, speaking of family, the uh, Rise and Run family just recently grew by at least one. Our friend Monica, who ran the Dopey Challenge three weeks ago, just, we just got word on Facebook as we as we were getting ready to record tonight, said she had her baby. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl or what its name is, but right now, as what we know is hashtag dopey baby has entered the world. Congratulations, Monica. That's a great name. I think the kids will love it when when growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it kind of starts a trend. You have seven names to choose from. There you go. (laughs) I like that too. I like that too. Uh, Congratulations, Monica. And I know uh, we have other rising runners out there who are expecting uh, soon. Well, they have six names to choose from now. I know Aaron. uh, Oh, you're right. uh, (laughs) I know Aaron's also expecting a child soon. I'm impressed that I'm impressed, really, really impressed that you could run dopey that far along in a pregnancy. I'm impressed you can run dopey, period. But that far along in a pregnancy, unbelievable. Hey, our buddy Pam at Fluffy Fizzies is taking pre-orders for Princess Weekend. Fluffyfizzies.com. Use the code HAPPYRUNNING on your order. Pam will give you 10% off. Choose the option to have it delivered at the expo and she'll have it ready for you when you show up there jeff galloway's race weekend's coming up in march use the code rise and run on that one for 10 percent off of the race fees for jeff's weekend i hope to see a lot of you there that's a great run in uh, atlanta 
It's got a 5K on Saturday, half marathon on Sunday. Great chance to meet with and talk to Jeff and Barb, his wife Barb, and a lot of the Rise and Run family will be there also. I would also encourage you to take a look, jeffgalloway.com, look at the Fidipides Challenge. That is a virtual run. It goes throughout the year. It is unique in that as you pass certain distances, different historical audio vignettes open up to you. Jeff and his crew talk about the history of Pheidippides the runner, the uh, the first marathoner, and it's a, it's a great challenge. Good t-shirt, good medal. I think it's very worthwhile. I did it last year. So with that, friends, it's time to move on to the race report. Okay, let's start on Saturday where Christine ran her first ever sub-zero run. That's not time, that's temperature, gang. At the Funky 5K, I tried to find out. Christine didn't say where this was. It wasn't in Florida. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, She ran by field using 90-30 intervals. Smiled when her playlist came along with some great songs, which I'm sure was helpful at those kind of temperatures. Finished covered in ice and proud of herself for getting out there. We're proud of you too, Christine. Uh, there was a time in my life when I did that. In fact, here, let me hold this up to the microphone. I'm wearing my uh, University of Fairbanks, Alaska t-shirt. I actually took a course there back before all of you were born. And, uh, I haven't done that Sub-Zero stuff in a long, long time, and I don't want to anymore. But, Christine, congratulations. And flipping the coin, our friend Kristen, who was on the Race Report Spotlight last week, did the Tropical 5K in Miami, Florida. I didn't see a report. I'm pretty sure Mackenzie was there with her. Brandy. Brandy did the hot chocolate run in Houston. It was wet. But a fun birthday celebration. Round on her birthday. Good for you, Brandy. An excellent after party with fondue and dippers. That's pretty cool. Uh, She had a great smile on her face in the the photos she posted, even though she was running in the rain. We had a couple of big events on Sunday in Atlanta, Georgia. The Hot Chocolate 5K we had Amber, Ali, Joe, and Jennifer signed up for that one. There was a, a big event near me. Now, I was in Orlando this weekend, not at Disney. I was in Orlando for something else. And otherwise, I would have been there. The Clearwater Running Festival. This is a neat event. In flat Florida, the Clearwater Running Festival starts out. And on mile two, and Ali, you remember this from last year. On mile two, you go up the causeway over the inland waterway. It is a significant climb. It is. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's kind of long. Uh, it's the, the climb's the best part of three quarters of a mile. It's a big one. It's a tough way to start. And because of the way the course lays out, you end up crossing that bridge twice because you cross it coming back. Then there's another bridge Further along in the race, not quite as big, but there are two significant climbs in that race, or four, as it turns out, or that's for the half. 
if you're running the mm. full, which is two laps, yep, it's eight big climbs. So it's a, for Florida, it's a pretty tough race. Um, add to it that it was kind of warm here on Saturday. I think it got really, really hot for the marathoners. And so let's see who we had. Adam, our friend Adam did the 5K on Saturday and the 50K on Sunday. So if the 50K, you do two laps, then you take a shot and out and back on the Pinellas Trail, another area we ran recently, Allie, the Pinellas Trail. It's on the same section there, which gives you mm-hmm. another overpass to climb over. So Adam, who lives here in Florida, trains here in Florida, got to, got to run a race with almost a thousand feet of climb in it. And, and this is noteworthy, his wife finished her first marathon. You know what that means, right? PR. There you go. Now, Adam was, Adam backed off his, his pace because of the heat. Had a hard race. Uh, had a lot of great things to say about the race director and the support during the race. Despite backing off a little bit, in the 50K, Adam finished second in his age group. I think that's really, really impressive. Now, highly recommends the race, and I do too. It's a great running event. Adam's now off to Donna. Adam's friend, Jen, who we interviewed the two of them a couple weeks ago, uh, Jen finished her first marathon. And Lori, our friend from Canada, it must have been really hot from Lori. uh, She finished a marathon, said that she had a strong first loop, but then the heat started to get to her. And she commented that the causeways are tough. And they are. Nevertheless, Laurie finished fourth in her age group. I think that's that's amazing. Well done. Another race I'm familiar with, although I've only done it once, the Big Beach Half Marathon in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Jessica ran that one. The thing I remember about the Big Beach is that the forecast was absolutely awful. The day before, the forecast for the race was it was going to storm and just rain the whole race. Jessica posted the forecast for this year, the same, almost the same exact forecast, 97% chance of rain. It was going to be awful. The year I ran it, the race, the rain held off this year. It held off for Jessica too. That was good. She said she loved the race and she'll be back. It's a nice course. It's up there on the peninsula at Gulf Shores in Middleburg, Florida. The, this ain't your mama's 5k. Melissa did that one. It's a trail race. It was her second trail race. She says she's definitely not in love with trail running, but also not totally rolling it out in the future. Uh, The scenery on this one was beautiful, and the weather in Middleburg was good for this challenging 5K. Let's go to Celebration Florida. That's another event that I read a lot of good things about the celebration half and the celebration full marathon. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about it at the end, but let me run through the list of folks who ran Esther ran with her friend Tabitha on Tabitha's first half. Her husband, Mike also ran his first half. So what did they get? PRs. PRs. Both of them, both of them PRs. Congratulations. Uh, Enjoyed the front. Enjoyed the run. Esther said she got a photo with Margaret. Apparently, apparently, a lot of our friends got a photo with Margaret. Margaret was there. Margaret said the 
it was a 10th anniversary for this race. It had a movie time theme, great course, great support, amazing swag and post-race food. Margaret was dressed because it was a movie time theme as a popcorn bucket. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Margaret does a great job. Uh, Jared ran, Tabitha ran her first half marathon. The marathon, Ryan ran the marathon. He did it as a catered training run because his goal run is the Austin marathon coming up. He pointed out that there were about 2,000 half marathoners. This was another two-lap race, but only 450 in the full. So the second lap was kind of hot and kind of lonely. Still a great race. Uh, nice medal. The movie, the medal's kind of neat. The movie time theme, the medal is a... What do you call those things? Like, it's not a clacker or a clap, clapboard. What, what what are those called? You know, yeah, I, I call I call it a clapboard or a clapboard. Uh, sink, yeah, sink board. Yeah, you see them in old timey movies where they uh, they clap. Anyway, cool metal. Um, and our buddy Michael Run Disner was also there. Hey, while we're on the subject of the celebration half, in the race report spotlight this weekend, our friend Mary. So, Mary, welcome to the Race Report Spotlight. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're glad you're here. You know that. We're always excited to get listeners joining us and talking about their latest racing escapades, which in your case was just, it was Sunday, wasn't it, Mary? It was Sunday. The, yep. Was, the half was on Sunday. Yeah. Yep. The celebration half marathon, part of the running festival there in celebration florida which is the traffic jam that you go by when you depart disney world to the west i don't care what time of day you go now i've never gone at 2 a.m but i'm going to 2 p.m and the daggum traffic celebration is always backed up traffic why is, is that always there yeah always traffic's a nightmare around orlando um but that's not what I came to ask you. You know, we'll we'll get to a couple things. Uh, but let's let's kick off. Uh, how was the half? How was the run at Celebration this weekend? Oh, the run was beautiful. This is my second year yeah. that I've done it. Yep. And um, both years, I jumped into it um, at the last minute because of doing Dopey just a couple of weeks before. I'm always scared to do it. So at the last minute, I jumped in and uh, did the race. This year was beautiful temps, just gorgeous. Um, and um, that little cloud cover too, I think. Oh yeah, a little bit of cloud cover. And yeah. by the end, it was a little bit warm. But last year it was freezing cold. So I'll take this year's oh, wow. temps. Yeah so much better yeah now freezing cold it's, it's florida freezing cold okay it's a that it's a little different uh, john and john and greg will tell you that their high temps this week are in single digits this weekend i mean are supposed to be in single digits that's not quite the same yeah but no, yeah it's it, not it's crazy around here yeah but yeah so this was nice huh yeah running in florida i don't um typically check a bag. And last year I had uh -huh. to check a bag at celebration because I knew I was going to need some type of pants after the race. So yeah, it was cold. 
what were some of the highlights of the race? The, how was the course? Pretty flat, I presume. Um, the course is very flat. It's Florida flat. What that's what uh-huh. I like to call. Um, and yeah. it went down um, some of their major roads, but. The one thing that I truly like about it is there's two spots in there uh, somewhere around mile seven or eight. And then at the very end at mile 12, um, you're running on boardwalks. Oh, like, really? Yeah, oh, that's like through the marsh and around lakes. And so that makes it fun. Something different. And the crowd support since it's uh, running through celebration, um, people come out of their homes and um, they'll set up stations for you and crowd support is mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. on. That sounds like Space Coast. Yeah. Mary, hearing you talk about you know the boardwalk, that, that was one of the questions that I had for you because our friend uh, Gerald Resnick over at Res Runs on YouTube, he also, I believe he ran the marathon um, for this weekend. And what he was talking about as it relates to his visual impairment is all the different terrains that you experienced during this race. Mm-hmm. Um, did that have any effect on you in terms of like, you know, how your, your joints and your feet were feeling, you know, by the end of the half? Uh, I would say normally, no, it doesn't mess with me. However, um, this particular race, I'm not quite sure why, but um, around mile eight or nine on my right foot, my pinky toe was rubbing in my shoe. So the last few miles were very painful. But it had nothing to do with the terrain. It had everything to do with my shoe. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. By the way, I wore a big old blister on the right side of my foot in the marathon. Oh. Yeah. I'm not holding you responsible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Folks who listen may remember, if you you remember our uh, marathon wrap-up that we did a couple weeks ago, and I told you the story about Mary who got me through the last what, seven or eight miles of the marathon? Yep. That's, that's this Mary. <laughs> that's why, I, that's why I'm playing favorites and have her on this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. Yes. That, that, that SpongeBob joke, was that spontaneous or had you been thinking about that for a long time? That was spontaneous. I, to be honest with you, I even forgot that they had those sponges. So when we were coming down the street and I saw the buckets, I was like, oh, yeah. this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things I remember that really I laugh at after the fact. Number one, I didn't get it. I didn't yeah. get it right off. I'm thinking, what? what's she talking about? Why is she? Oh, and I don't know if you remember or not, Mary, but about 10 yards behind us and to the left, there was a fellow there and he was just cracking up. Yes. He thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. It was fun. When he said something, I think he yelled out, SpongeBob, and that's when you got it. You were like, oh, that wait. Is exactly, <laughs> that is exactly right. That's yeah. A, yeah, I feel really dense, but that's exactly right. Well, you got to understand, I don't have, I don't, never seen an episode. I know what it is, but I've never seen an episode. There's, that demographic is not in my household. So yeah. I just didn't catch on right away. Um, hey, how you doing? 
well, obviously pretty good if you're doing the celebration half a couple weeks after the after running dopey. So you're pretty pretty well recovered. I I think so. Um, just like most of you, I am doing the customized training program, and um, yeah. Coach Twigs had me do a couple of five mile recovery runs on the past Saturdays, and I just felt really good doing them. So good. Um, I felt pretty decent of going into doing the celebration half. Had a question for you because you know I, I've been seeing the medals posted on social media, you know, all weekend and throughout the course of this week. Is there any significance to the film clapboard? Is there any tie into celebration as it relates to that? Not that I know of. The only thing that I understood was of their ten year anniversary was this year, but I have no idea how that applies to the movies. Yeah. Gotcha. Good looking metal though. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite get the significance either, but it was neat. One of their, my favorite things with that race is actually the swag that they give you when you pick up your race bib. And that is the softest blanket I have ever gotten. Oh, nice. Yeah. Super, super great blanket. I'm going to have to get over there. I, I hear every year I hear what a good run that is, and it's it's not that far away from me. I need to get over there. Maybe next year. We'll see how it goes. Hey, so I haven't asked the question I almost always start out with, so let's let's kind of go this direction. Mary, how'd you get started in running? 2016, I decided I needed to do something different to better my health, and I looked into gym memberships and I just felt like that was wasting money. And I decided I would start, um, doing every other day runs around my house. And that was going really well. And I heard about run Disney and I decided I was going to run the half marathon of wine and dine 2016. And this is kind of funny. My mom uh, went on to register me because I was working when they were doing registration and it sold out almost immediately. And she called me and said, they have no more of the half marathon, but they have um, the two course challenge. And I said to her, (laughs) mom, I've never even run a half marathon. There's no way I can do a two course challenge. We'll just wait for marathon weekend and we'll do the half marathon then. So we waited. Half marathon came up. I did get into the half marathon of 2017. um, But that's the half marathon that Disney canceled due to weather. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. We had hurricane force winds. Yep. Yeah. 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 So. They gave us all of our options, which I thought was really, really uh, great of Disney to give so many options. One of the options was to run the full marathon. And I said to my family, I'm here to run. I'm going to run the full marathon. And everybody was worried because I only trained for a half. I only got up to 10 miles in my training distance. 
And I decided that I would run the 13 miles. And if I didn't feel good, I would back out. But if I felt good, I would continue on. So at mile 13, I took a picture of the mile marker and said, see you at the finish line. And I finished <laughs> the marathon in six hours and 35 minutes. Good for you. So, yeah, that's, that's I, met, awesome. I met up with my mom at the finish line. And what does she say to me? She says, and you said you couldn't do the two course challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, maybe you were right. I could have done that, but who knows? And I've been good stuff. I've been stuck on Disney ever since. Very nice. Yeah. So going back to Disney, I saw there are some really cool signs out there on the celebration course. Yeah. And I saw one. On the, did you see the one that said, "It may not be Disney, but we didn't get you up at two a.m. either." Yep. Yeah, I yep, saw the photo of that. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. I call them the dad joke signs. Not bad. Anything else stand out in your memory of the signs there? There, there was one that said something like alligator, alligator petting ahead. And my friend that I was <laughs> running with, Brandy, she said, wait, is there really an alligator to pet ahead? I was like, I don't think so. I think that's a joke. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would hope not. I would hope not. So, Mary, what's what's up next for you? I am actually uh, registered to run the Donna Marathon on Sunday. Oh, very good. Very good this In weekend. Yeah, another. Yeah. yeah, another outstanding Florida race. How about your next time at Disney? Uh, my next time at Disney is going to be the princess 10 K. Okay. All right. Well, golly, you got them stacked up then there. You got Donna this weekend and then three weeks after you got princess. Good for you. princess. And then Good I'm doing you. the springtime challenge. I'll see you at both events and nice. some of the others will be, we, we got, yeah, we, we won't all be at either one, but I'll be there. Allie will be there. And then different folks, different Different parts of the gang will be at some of the other races. So we look forward to seeing you there. And I'm also doing the Jeff Galloway Challenge in March. Oh, outstanding. That's great. That's another place I'll see you. And uh, yes. maybe we'll get some more folks there. I think we'll have to try to get a little bit of a get together going on. I don't know how many folks we got coming, but we'll see how it goes. Mary, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. It's good to see you again. Thanks, guys. Good good to see that you're upright and recovered and you, you survived walking. How much did we walk together? Seven or eight miles? Eight miles. Eight miles. I appreciate you, kiddo. You did good. Thanks very much. I appreciate you guys. All right. Finishing up the race report, our friend Michael from Runs the Small World has started the World Marathon Challenge. Seven marathons, seven continents, seven days. Good luck, Michael. We're following you, and we really, really hope to have you on the podcast again when you're finished. I'd love to hear about that. A last note on the race report. Our friend Jason made this post. Hey, podcast crew, some friends in the Stephenville Running Club, they crushed this race, by the way, with first overall and first and second females, ran the Time Travelers Half Marathon in Pflugerville, Texas. The medal, a fancy Mandalorian car with doors to swing open was pretty go pretty cool. I thought you guys would enjoy. Thank you, 
Jason, I got a real kick out of that. I appreciate it. Jack had to duck out before we got to the race report, which is a shame because I think she would have liked hearing about the Mandalorian car. A big race coming up this weekend up in Jacksonville, Florida, the Donna Marathon and Half Marathon. If you're running, please let us know. Put your name on the race report. That's the one that's pinned to the top of the Facebook group. Or just drop us a note and let us know you're running it. No Zoom meetup this week. Next Zoom call will be Thursday, February 9th. That should be our last one. Yeah, it'll be our last one before Princess because the one for Princess will fall on the day of the expo. Uh, Heck, maybe we'll have one then. We'll see. Maybe we can do one live from Disney World. We'll see. Well, that brings episode 70 to a close. We hope you enjoyed it. Friends, and if you run, you are our friend. We look forward to seeing a whole bunch of you here in just a couple weeks. In the meantime, keep training and happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.